This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. The Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. It's a sad day for me personally because I love the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. By the way, I didn't even finish my intro. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, and I believe I already mentioned the fact that the Hockey Hotbed is brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, I don't remember how I started this, but realistically, it's because it's a sad day. That's how I started this. It is a sad day because the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, to me, might be the most entertaining two weeks in all of sports. And it's over. And we were treated very, very well by the first round of the playoffs this year in the National Hockey League. Thinking about the fact that of the eight series, six of them took at least six games. And five of them took seven games. We had five game sevens over the weekend. I still look back at that, and it boggles my mind. Like, we had five in two days. It was fantastic. It certainly blew the water, or sorry, blew the NBA Game 7s out of the water on Sunday. Those two games were absolutely awful. Meanwhile, the NHL is like, yeah, we have two Game 7 overtimes here. Sudden death, next goal wins. So the NHL clearly won that battle there. But nonetheless, it's over. And we have to move on to the second round of the playoffs. But before we do that, locker room clean-out days are happening for a lot of the teams that lost in the first round. And some of the teams that have been in the postseason mode for two weeks because they didn't make the playoffs are already making evaluations and making decisions. And on Monday, we got a really good decision made. By good, I mean juicy. Interesting, intriguing, good from my perspective because it gives me something to talk about. A good decision, in my eyes, by the Vegas Golden Knights. The team that made its inaugural debut in the 2017-18 season, five years into their franchise, and they've already fired two head coaches. Now, head coaches in the National Hockey League, they don't stick around that often, so it's not too surprising But nonetheless, after missing the playoffs for the first time in franchise history, the Vegas Golden Knights fired Coach Peter DeBoer after, what was it, two and a half seasons? DeBoer was hired back in 2019-20, if we all remember, that is when they fired head coach Gerard Gallant, who, suspiciously enough, is in the playoffs with his new team, the New York Rangers, won a game seven on Sunday, so is into the second round with his new team, the New York Rangers, so he's doing pretty good. But Pete DeBoer was the second-ever coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, like we said, hired back in 2019-20. DeBoer finished with a record of 98, 50, and 12 in parts of three seasons with the Vegas Golden Knights. He led him to the conference finals in the 2020 and then the playoff penultimate round in 2021. So while he has had some success, and while he did find some success in Vegas, as everybody has up to this point pretty much, There is an expectation now 
Crazy to think that in five years there is an expectation that if you don't make the playoffs with this expansion team, then you have failed at your job. And that's where that's where Vegas is right now, and that's why Pete DeBoer got the axe. But looking at that entire situation this season, it was crazy to me that Vegas missed the playoffs entirely. Back in January, they were in first place in the Pacific Division. So the fact that they missed the playoffs entirely is a pretty bad indicator, or a pretty good indicator, I would say, that something is going to change. And that something starts with Pete DeBoer. There's going to be more changes because they're still far over the salary cap, so they have to make moves. Maybe Evgeny Dodonov gets traded legally this time. So plenty more changes to come for the Vegas Golden Knights, but this was the first move. Pete DeBoer gets the axe. He wasn't a guy that was uh, very well-liked from what it seems. I mean, he took the San Jose Sharks the whole way to the Stanley Cup Final in 2016. A couple years later, he was gone from there. Now he's only had a three-season stint with Vegas, misses the playoffs once, and he's gone from there. Was he working an uphill battle? A little bit. I will, I will see that because you traded for Jack Eichel. But Eichel was going to miss three to four months after coming over because he had to immediately have the neck surgery. So, okay, who did you trade away? Peyton Krebs, a young player that could have made a difference on the Vegas Golden Knights in that time. And Alex Tuck, who, you know, believe it or not, has been one of the best Vegas Golden Knights since the expansion. So you lose two useful players. You get back a player that you're hoping in the future will be useful, but for four months in the middle of the season, just not going to be of use to you. Then you talk on, tack on the fact that they had just traded Marc-Andre Fleury, giving the net to Robin Leonard, and Robin Leonard had a rough season when it comes to injuries. And it's very hard to get going when you're in and out of the lineup like that. So not only do you trade two useful players to bring back one that hope, you're hoping will be useful by the end of the season, you trade a goaltender, and all of a sudden the goaltender that you, you backed in exchange is out. Add-on injuries to guys like Alec Martinez, Shea Theodore, uh, Mark Stone, the captain. These are all excuses, and that's fine. And I'm sure Pete DeBoer is thinking the same thing. He's like, well, I didn't have much to work with. I'm sure he's not feeling bad for himself at this point. He didn't have much to work with, but missing the playoffs? At some point or other, at least one of those guys was in the lineup. And you didn't make the playoffs over the Nashville Predators? Now, I get it. The Preds, despite being swept in the first round, were without UC Soros, who is a Vesna Trophy finalist for a reason. He carried them the whole way into the playoffs. And the Dallas Stars, on the other hand, they put up a great fight against the Calgary Flames. They were the final team eliminated from the first round of the playoffs. Realistically, if, if Jake Ottinger had anything to say about it, and he almost did, they'd be getting ready to play tomorrow night. But unfortunately, the Calgary Flames beat them, and the star season is over. But nonetheless, if you're the Vegas Golden Knights, you missed the playoffs. It was a surprise. It was a shock to the system. It's the first time in franchise history something had to change, I guess. And that thing, as I mentioned a couple times in this segment already, had to be Pete DeBoer. But let's move over to teams that are still in the hunt for Lord Stanley's Cup. Round two, beginning later tonight. I'm going to preview the matchups for tonight in this segment. And then to finish off the show, I'll preview tomorrow night's other two matchups to round out the second round, including my picks, by the way. 
Let's start with the Battle of Florida because we have really good matchup in this in the second round. I thought the first round was good, and it was. I mean, the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs this year was fantastic. But the second round, the matchups that we have been blessed with, and I'm not saying it any other word. That is the perfect word for it. We were blessed with the Battle of Florida for the second straight year. The Tampa Bay Lightning... Back-to-back Stanley Cup champions taking on the President's Trophy-winning Florida Panthers. This is going to be one of, again, the best playoff series of the year. Might be the best playoff series of the year. Last year, it was right up there in the running. It was a great series, ended up going six games. The Lightning had a lot of control in that series, but this is a different Panthers team. This is a Panthers team that won the President's Trophy this year. This is a Panthers team that led all of the league, led the entire NHL with over four goals per game. They're going to need to get better goaltending than they did last year. Sergei Bobrovsky was not good. He was pulled in favor of Spencer Knight, but it was a little too little too late for them. So you have to be ready to pull the trigger on a goaltending switch if you're the Florida Panthers. The Panthers did not find easy success in the first round. It was the only Eastern Conference first round matchup that didn't go seven games, but realistically it should have. The Panthers beat the Washington Capitals in six, but the Caps had control of three, actually the last three games before Carter Verhage basically took it over himself. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Lightning were down three to two in a series against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And as we well know now, the Toronto Maple Leafs for their sixth straight season were unable to get the job done in game seven, on home ice. Now, not all six years were that, but all six years were first round losses. So you have Tampa Bay and Florida, two teams that faced adversity in the first round, two teams that have such high powered offenses that you know the under is very much in question at sport, uh, show sponsor DraftKings. It's probably going to be six and a half as the over under in every single game. And honestly, I would probably take the over nine times out of 10. If you take the over in all the games of this series, you're probably going to make some money. So there's going to be a lot of goal scoring. That doesn't mean there's not good goaltenders. Sergei Bobrovsky, if he's on his game, we've seen he's done it to the Tampa Bay Lightning before with a much worse team in the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's the last time Tampa Bay has lost a playoff series. So we'll see if that factors in at all. But realistically, this is such an evenly matched, even matchup is, is what I was trying to say there. Can the Lightning get back to the at least the conference finals in their hunt for a three-peat? Or will the Panthers, a team with Jonathan Huberto, Sasha Barkov, Carter Verhage, Claude Giroux, for Christ's sake. I mean, this, this matchup is just a who's who of can you name their entire roster because their entire roster are really good players. Even look at the Lightning. It seems like even though they had to get rid of their entire third line, which was integral and a pivotal piece to those two cup championships that they're trying to defend. They come back with, yeah, Ross Colton's going to step up. Yeah, we traded for Nick Paul, two goals in game seven, only goals in game seven against Toronto. So, okay, Nick Paul, who else did they get? Oh yeah, Brendan Hagel from Chicago. That line stepped up in that series, despite not being fantastic towards the end of the regular season. And I'm intrigued to see what that line is going to be able to do against the depth of the Florida Panthers. Because it is a matchup of two teams that have mat- like hundreds of nukes. This is, the, this is the Cold War 
when it comes to both of these teams are stocked to the gills with weapons. It's a matter of who's going to set them off first and who's going to set them off the most. And in my opinion, I didn't take them in the first round. I did say that they would lose Game 7. I, I had a feeling that maybe Maple Leafs pulled it off. I was wrong. I'm not betting against the Tampa Bay Lightning again this postseason. It might be silly of me, but also, Tampa Bay showed me a lot of grit, a lot of resilience. They also got whitewashed in a couple games by the Toronto Maple Leafs, which was weird. But they looked better against the Leafs than the Panthers did against the Caps. Don't get me wrong, the Caps had a good game plan. The Caps got a hot goaltender in Ilya Samsonov, but the Florida Panthers struggled, man. They struggled a lot more than I would have ever expected out of the Florida Panthers in that matchup. But nonetheless, I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I'm going to take them in six games. 4-2 series win. Tampa Bay heads back to the Eastern Conference Finals for the fourth. Is it the fourth? No. For the third straight season, looking to win their third straight Stanley Cup. So I got the Lightning over the Panthers in six. The other matchup starting tonight, Blues versus the Avalanche. The two teams that won their first round series the fastest have the most combined time off going into the second round than any other matchup. Avalanche took made quick work of a of a shorthanded Nashville Predators team. I mean, that was not even a contest. So the fact that the Avalanche swept them, good. That's what you were supposed to do. The Blues, I expected that to go seven games. And realistically, if it was going to be shorter than that, I thought the Wild would have been the ones to take it. But the St. Louis Blues just impressed the hell out of me. That is a really impressive series win for St. Louis. Now, halfway, I believe, not halfway, but in game four, they bring in Jordan Bennington to go in for Vallejo, down in the series two to one. And Bennington goes three and oh, wins out the series. And all of a sudden, you're saying, man, starting to look like the team that won the Stanley Cup in 2019. They aren't. They're not the same team. There's a lot of differences between the two, namely the fact that, you know, Alex Petrangelo is not on this team. They got Tory Krug to help fill that void, and now Tory Krug is hurt. But there's a lot of the same pieces. A lot of the young pieces that weren't integral in 2019 are integral now. Robbie Thomas, Jordan Cairo, they're stepping up. And that's something as an organization that, man, the Blues have to be proud of. They have to be so over the moon that these guys were there to get the experience, to get that Stanley Cup, to know what it's like, and then to say, you know what? We're going to stay here. We're not going to chase the money yet. We're going to stay here. We're going to develop. And all of a sudden, they've developed. Kairou was an all-star this year and was a standout in Vegas at the all-star game. You got guys just stepping up, stepping in, and doing their freaking job. Blue-collar work for the St. Louis Blues. And the St. Louis, listen, that's a blue-collar town. Gateway to the Midwest, they love chippy, hard-nosed hockey. And the St. Louis Blues embody that to their freaking core. Take that with the other side, the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, they can play that game. They got guys like that. I mean, Nazem Kadri springs to mind. Uh, even Miko Ranton and Gabe Landeskog, they have that little bit of grit, little bit of sandpaper finish. So this matchup is going to be very 
very intriguing. Now, the one question that I do have, and I'll have to check it out, is whether or not the Colorado Avalanche are going to get their starter back. It seems like Darcy Kemper will be ready uh, from two days ago. This says, Abs Kemper ready for Blues as swelling abates. So it was a scary injury at the end of that series. I believe it was in game three. Kemper gets a stick to the eye from Ryan Johansson, goes through the, the cat's eye or through the mask at some point, hits him in the eye. He's out the rest of the series. It's fine. They didn't need him. The good thing is they wanted him for Pavel Franchot's or Frank Coos or however you say it, held down the fort, got the team the rest they needed. They got a lot of rest heading into the second round. The Avs did nothing wrong in round one. But the St. Louis Blues are not going to roll over like that. The St. Louis Blues have Jordan Bennington in net, who nothing against, was it Connor Irwin? I, I did a full like segment on this guy. That's how crazy the playoffs are. I, I forget the people I talked about a week ago. I think it's Connor Irwin is his name. I don't know. Nonetheless, he no offense to him. He did a really good job stepping in as a third-string goaltender, but he didn't have a chance of stopping the Avalanche, let alone taking them the whole way to seven, let alone beating them. There was no chance in hell. So, nonetheless, this series, I mean, when I when I look at this, Tarasenko has been great in the playoffs. David Perron has been fantastic in the playoffs. Ryan O'Reilly is not fading into the background. He's taking charge as well. This is a tough series. It really is. Colorado hasn't won in the second round in three straight years. They've advanced to the second and then not been able to get to the conference finals. They got a tough draw here because St. Louis, they have the experience. They are that good. They have the offensive firepower to test Darcy Kemper, especially if he's not 100% and his sight line is not 100%. So this is going to be a very intriguing matchup. I'm going to say the Colorado Avalanche pull it off, but they have to take it to seven. I think in seven games, the Avs pull it off, they get over the hump, and they head over to the Western Conference Finals after three straight seasons of failing to get out of the second round. That's a tough one, though, because I really like the Blues. I really, really like what I saw from the Blues. So, I have, as of right now, for the game starting tonight, or the series starting tonight, Lightning in six, Avs in seven, and for tonight's games, you know what? Lightning win in Florida. And the Blues win in Colorado. Maybe there's a little bit of rust on the Colorado Avalanche. I'm taking the Avs in seven. But I'm actually going to put a little bit of money on it. Blues money line tonight in game one at Ball Arena in Denver. I'm going to take a quick break. When I return, we're going to talk about the other two matchups because the second round is set. We had five game sevens in round one. I've already predicted one game seven in round two. Will I predict another? Stay tuned to find out. We'll be right back right after the break. What's going on, hockey fans? The pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter the outcome. Whether they win or lose, you're a winner. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings' same-game parlays, 
you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Make sure to use promo code THPN and bet just $5 on any NHL team to win to get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and even better opportunities. I'm going to continue to talk about the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, round number two, which kicks off tonight, starting at 7 o'clock Eastern with the Battle of Florida, the Tampa Bay Lightning visiting the Florida Panthers. But nonetheless, I said that a lot this episode, I realize. I should stop saying that. Anyways, I'm going to move over to talk about the two matchups starting tomorrow. So I have Tampa and seven. I have Colorado. Sorry, Tampa and six, Colorado in seven. Got my notes all scrambled here. Let's talk about tomorrow, seven o'clock Eastern on ESPN. New York Rangers and Vezina slash Hart Trophy finalist Igor Shosturkin survived the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's exactly how I'm going to put it. They survived the Pittsburgh Penguins, a team that was always a man down, it seemed like, until the last game of the series. But none. But you got to give it, uh, give credit where credit is due. A great series of fighting back by the New York Rangers. They were down in all three elimination games after being down 3-1 to one in the series. Came back to win all three games. And now they match up against the Carolina Hurricanes, a team who, despite going to seven games, I really felt like they were the much better team in that series against Boston. I don't know what happened up at TD Garden. That's just a tough place to play. Guess what? They're going to have to play at another garden, though. They're going to have to play at Madison Square Garden. And if we can take anything from the first series between the Rangers and the Penguins, it is that the New York Rangers fans up there at MSG are not going to be an easy place to go into. They're going to make it impossible for road teams to go up there and get comfortable, from, to go up there and get wins. Pittsburgh was able to take one up at MSG, and that was game one in triple overtime. So the Rangers 3-1 and one at home, 1-2 and two on the road this postseason. They'll open up. In Carolina, where the Hurricanes and series number one were undefeated. 4-0 at home. The Kaniacs were running wild. And the Hurricanes were playing really well there. The status of Freddie Anderson is something that I'm very intrigued by. See if I can find it really, really quickly. But it doesn't seem... Like I can. Here we go. Injuries. Uh, Freddie Anderson out lower body. So no word on whether or not Freddie Anderson will be ready at any point in this series. But still, Antti Ranta played extremely well. And Pyotr Kochetkov uh, 
stepped in and did a half-decent job himself against the Boston Bruins. You know, I don't think the Rangers, if the Penguins were fully healthy, and this might be a little biased, if the Penguins were fully healthy, I don't think the Rangers even make it to six in that series. I think they do lose in five games like they were lined up to do. Especially, you know, down two goals, down two to nothing late in the second period in game five, when you're down three to one in the series, Crosby goes down. That changed everything, and, and the Rangers had to play the right way from there on out. But I really think they were outplayed the majority of that series. The only issue was the Pittsburgh Penguins defensively had some lapses. Goaltending, Louis Domingue had some lapses. The Rangers were able to take advantage, and all the credit to them, you have to be able to do that. But that's not going to happen against the Canes. So... As much as I would have enjoyed to see this series go six, seven games, I'm going to take the Carolina Hurricanes to dispatch the New York Rangers in five. And I'm doing that for multiple reasons, but the only reason I need to tell you is because of Igor Shosturkin. Now, if I told you that I think the Rangers are going to lose because of Igor Shosturkin two weeks ago, you probably would have just tuned out immediately, said this guy is an idiot doesn't know what he's talking about, doesn't know hockey. Well, I'll tell you right now, one thing's for sure, I do know hockey. And secondly, Shesterkin shut down the Pittsburgh Penguins, again, back to that series, in the regular season. One five-on-five goal in four games. They peppered this guy. I mean, the Penguins got past Shesterkin, and it is playoff hockey to a point, but the Pittsburgh Penguins were one of the worst finishing teams in the league this year. Everything was going in the net, particularly in games three and four in Pittsburgh. Now, Carolina is not going to be like Pittsburgh. They're not going to start the Igor chance before puck drop, which I doubt it even got into his head. I, I don't really give that any credence. But I don't think he's on his game. Now, he might turn it around, sharpen it up, and if he does, this becomes a six, seven game series. This becomes very intriguing. But I haven't seen it. And at this point, after the first time he got pulled, I thought, okay, he's going to come back. He's going to flip the switch. He's going to be the guy. Didn't do it. Got pulled again. Then he came back in game five. Played all right. You know, They etched out the victory. Came back game six. Same thing. Played okay. They etched out the victory. Game seven, he was tested a lot. He gave up a couple goals that were interesting. The Evan Rodriguez one being the main one, I think. And just, again, I don't know if he was all that solid. And that's not a good thing for the Rangers because before the trade deadline, it was Igor or bust. Now, it isn't anymore. They got the help. And Tyler Mott being healthy is a huge thing. He changed that series in more ways than one. But the way that he's performing... The way that Zabenejad performed in the last two games of that series, three goals, three assists in the last two games in elimination games, including a game seven, and the biggest goal of the season with that tying goal with 545 left to go in the third, this team has the momentum. If they can get the goaltending, they can make this a series. But I'm not as confident in Igor as I would like to be to pick them in this series. And on the other side, I get it's on Tiranta. But he's better than Louis Domingue, who almost eliminated the Rangers. The Carolina Hurricanes blue line 
is better than the Pittsburgh Penguins blue line that almost eliminated them. So I'm taking the Canes, and I'm taking them in five. Last but, oh my god, certainly not least, let's talk about the Battle of Alberta. And first of all, how close we were to not getting this all-time great series that we're about to get. And it might not be great in terms of the actual play, the final scores. It might be a freaking clean sweep for all I know. But I'm just excited to see the Battle of Alberta. The watch parties that you've seen in Edmonton and in Calgary, they're going to grow tenfold. The animosity, excuse me, on the ice is going to grow tenfold from what it was for either of these teams in the first round. The Edmonton Oilers, for the first time in 2016-17, finally get past the first round. Connor McDavid wins another playoff round, the second of his career, finally. And guess what? It took all of Connor McDavid to do it. He did not disappoint. That's what it takes to take over a series. That team is not a Stanley Cup team. They might win the Stanley Cup. It is not a Stanley Cup team. But he might damn well be a Stanley Cup captain. Because he and Dreisaitl and Evander Kane, for even though nobody likes him, he's had a really good playoffs. But <laughs> McDavid had four goals, ten assists in that first round series against the LA Kings. They ran into a hot goaltender too, which is why it went seven. But this is going to be another level. Calgary Flames were taken to the brink by the Dallas Stars. I wouldn't even go that far. They were taken to the brink by a defensive style by Rick Bonus and by some of the best goaltending you're ever going to see in the postseason by Jake Ottinger. It is a shame that he doesn't get to go on to the second round, but damn, do the Dallas Stars have something in that kid. Like, that's his coming out party. Similar to what we saw from Thatcher Demko back in the bubble, that's what Jake Ottinger just did. Expect him to be on everybody's fantasy team early in the drafts next season. Great kid, great player, and now he is the undisputed number one down in Dallas. But the Flames did come out with a victory. Fantastic moment for Johnny Gaudreau. On home ice, at a place where he's been rumored to be leaving forever, it seems like. And now they're saying, hey, he's open to signing a contract here. They might be signing him to a contract here. Playoff wins cure a lot of issues. <laughs> they do. And the Calgary Flames, a team that has disappointed a lot in the first round lately, wins the Pacific Division. I was getting scared because I had the Flames. I said before the playoffs started that the Flames were my Western Conference favorite. And then I picked the Minnesota Wild, stupidly, in my official picks. Well, that we'll see how that went. So, standing here today, I'm, I'm back on the Flames train. Of the four teams left, I'm going to say the Flames. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to brag about being right if it is the Flames, though, because my initial pick was the Wild and I was wrong, okay? But I'm just saying, of the four teams left, I'm going to think the Flames are going to do it, which means, conversely, I think the Flames take out the Oilers. As much fun as it would be to continue to see Connor McDavid win series and change the stigma that everybody has about the Edmonton Oilers, there's a stigma about the Flames, too. This is the Battle of Alberta, so it's going to be interesting, but... That Flames team is just built for it. It really is. Daryl Sutter has them playing the way he wants them to play. That first line for the Flames is, to me, just as dangerous as Connor McDavid's. Because Connor McDavid's line is usually just Connor McDavid. If they put Leon Dreisel up there, okay, that's two-thirds of a fantastic line. 
But there is no weak link in the Lindholm, Gaudreau, Kachuk line. There really isn't. And then you look down through the lineup, and guess what? They have guys like Mangiapane. They have guys that have won the Stanley Cup, like Blake Coleman, who currently is technically a back-to-back cup champion. Not technically. He is a back-to-back cup champion. He's just not defending. So I'm going to have the Flames. This is another one that uh, could go seven, but I'm going to do officially Flames in six. So my official selections all together now. Hopefully I don't bumble this up like I did at the beginning of this segment. I have the Lightning in six. I have the Avalanche in seven. I have the Hurricanes in five. And then I have the Calgary Flames in six. It's going to be a great second round. Tonight, two matchups starting at seven o'clock. I'm recording this right now. It's about four o'clock. Got this out a little later than I wanted to today. Things just piled up, unfortunately. But thank you uh, for hanging around. And also, just uh, get ready because it's going to be a great second round. The Stanley Cup playoffs this year have been the best up to this point. They have the chance, specifically because the first round, everything was great. This playoff season has the chance to be the best, in my opinion, of the salary cap era. I'm so excited for it to continue tonight. I don't think you guys understand. Last night without playoff hockey was so weird. It was weird. It was sad. You know, for me, growing up in Western Pennsylvania, I, I like to back the Penguins. So they had just lost. I covered locker room clean out today a little bit. Not in person, but you know, virtually. And it was weird. But guess what? A couple hours away. Action starts right back up. I'd be so happy about that. That's going to do it for this episode of the Hockey Hotbed. Thank you so much for tuning in. Second round's going to be interesting. Rest of the playoffs are going to be interesting. I'll be right here on this podcast discussing it all with you. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you guys on Friday.